following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. I get to continue uh, the sermon series that uh, Renee started. And if you'll remember, she used this scale, and she's been preaching from Ephesians, so you can turn there if you want to be ahead of the curve and ahead of me. Uh, But she's been preaching, and um, you may remember that the first three chapters of Ephesians tells us who we are. The Apostle Paul spends three chapters just telling us, this is who you are. And then, and, and then he says, because of who you are, and he says, because of the hope of the calling, because of who you are, oh, by the way, if you thought this was a scale, fooled you. It's not. It's more like a cross than a scale. And the reason is, it does not matter what you and I do, our calling is Sure. It doesn't matter if we, Renee has talked about being in unity, and she's talked about living as a new creation. Doesn't matter, whether we do or not, our calling stays the same. We just don't get to experience it. But the fullness of what Jesus Christ won for us at the cross is sure, and it's ours, and the Apostle Paul in Ephesians calls it, this is your calling. And then he says, so we need to understand, it isn't that we do these things to get this calling or keep it. No, you've already got it. Whether we walk in unity or not, the, the potential of what Jesus Christ won at the cross is ours. Whether we walk as a new creation or not, it doesn't matter from the standpoint of changing our calling. It just means we miss out on what Jesus did win for us at the cross. By the way, if you can see through the plexiglass here, knowing my daughter, she's got more blocks. Should I tell you what they say? Our text does anyway. She, she, last week, she, she talked about being the new man, the new creation, putting off the old man and putting on the new. She's going to be heading in. I don't know when she's going to have time to do this because we're shifting focuses soon. But anyway, it's in your, it's in your Bible if you're open uh, to page uh, 1030. <laughs> or chapter 5 of Ephesians, walking in love. Walking in light, walking in the light. I want to pick it up in chapter 5, verse 15, walking in wisdom. But here's the deal. And you can tell Renee I said this. It does not matter what she says about all this. If you don't understand the message I'm going to preach today, it won't be yours. That's bold. We're talking about living life after the resurrection. I know there are a lot of people in the room who never read the uh, instructions when you're doing something. (laughs) I know there's those people in the room. But may I suggest that when it comes to walking out our Christian faith, when it comes to walking our life after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that it's really good to read the manual. 
And that's what Renee has been doing. This, she's basically taking the words of Paul and saying, this is what it looks like to live in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To follow after him as a resurrected. And we know that Romans chapter 8 tells us that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and now resurrects our mortal body. Quickens, gives us God life. And so we walk in the resurrection or we have the potential to, then we have the ability to walk in the light. We have the ability to walk in love. We have the ability to put on new life and take off the old. But there's something that we must do. I want to pick it up in chapter 15, uh, verse 15 of chapter 5. See then that you walk circumspectly, that means carefully or wisely, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you could agree with that statement that these days you and I are living in are evil? They were when the Apostle Paul was on the planet. They were before the Apostle Paul was on the planet. And they're evil today. And for some of us, we maybe have had our eyes open to just how much evil there is in the hearts of men and potential twistedness. And in this day, this is what we must do. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Do you remember when Jesus was getting ready to leave? to go to the cross, he got his team together and they talked and he kept telling them in so many different ways, I'm leaving soon. <laughs> and he said this, it is necessary I go that so that when I go, he, the comforter, the spirit of truth can come. The key for you and I to walking in resurrection life is to allow the Spirit of God to have His way with us and to constantly to be filled. The Apostle Paul said, don't be drunk with wine. Some of you may be like me and grew up in a household where there was drunkenness. And so you know the devastation that can bring. And I've had people, I've preached this message before, by the way, and I will for the rest of my life. I've had people come up to me after and say, I don't like that analogy of drunkenness. And I understand that, but we have to get past that and understand that there is an intoxication of the Spirit that is very needful in our day. I, can I just say this? It's a lot easier to watch the news if you're drunk. In the Spirit, I mean. It's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> They're doing what? <laughs> well, whatever. Children will play. Children in the marketplace. <laughs> I sang a song to you and you didn't dance, and now you want me to dance to your song? I don't think so. That's what, basically what Jesus said. 
to all politics of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all these. Ah, just children playing in the marketplace. And it's good for us to keep that in mind. You remember Jesus said at that time, he said, listen, listen, guys. And there may have been some gals there, depending on what setting it was in. But he listen, my father and I will not leave you orphans. We're going to make our home in you. We're going to make our abode in you. We're going to live in you. And the reality is that the Holy Spirit lives within me and he lives within you. But there's something that we must cultivate in order to have the full effectiveness to be able to walk in unity, to be able to walk as a new creation, to be able to walk in the light, to be able to walk in love, to be able to walk in power, to be able to walk in re restored relationships. I want to point out to you, we're going to, if we were to go on in chapter 5, you would see that Paul gets into... Wives, love your husbands as Christ loved the church. Or, and husbands, love you. Wives, submit to your husbands. And husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Can I just say that's a lot easier to do drunk? I'm, by that I mean intoxicated by the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. That word there in the original, when, it said, when he says be filled with the Spirit... It, the context is be continually filled and overflowing. I was preaching at a Alpha course, um, Holy Spirit weekend, I don't know, a, couple, a year ago maybe, and um, someone raised their hand and said, why do we need to be filled with the Spirit if, we, if we've already been filled with the Spirit? And my answer, many of you have heard it, it's a charismatic line, because we leak. We have to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit because, why? Because we leak. And we should leak. In fact, Jesus said, go into all the world and leak. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and leak. You remember on the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, wait, you'll be endued with power on high to what? To be my witnesses. How many of you know you cannot be a witness to something you did not experience? The accuser of the brethren will just raise his hand. Objection! Hearsay! We cannot give testimony to something we have not lived. We cannot give testimony to something that we have not seen and heard. John is in prison. John the Baptist, he sends his disciples to Jesus and saying, um, see, John began to question in the dark what he was pretty sure he'd seen in the light. And he says, um, go ask him, is he the one or should we look for another? And Jesus said, you go back and you tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. What have you seen? What have you heard? What can you testify to of Christ? I don't mean what you read in the book. For those youth in the room, you cannot live off your mom and dad's experience with Jesus. Get your own. It's important. 
How do we do that? Oh, I'm so glad you ask. We'll get to that. Oh, I forgot. If I go by that clock, I have three more hours. But I'm not. I have too much respect for you. I believe one of, I believe one of the things us preachers should do is respect your time. Walk carefully, verse 15, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. We were in the prayer room today, and Pastor Dave was praying for the worship team and thanking the Lord and the team and the sound people for their time. You ever thought how precious time is? And most of you don't know the time that crew puts in back there. On Sunday morning, but way more than that, Jesse's here a lot. The worship team, many of you don't know how early they get here in the morning. Thank them for their time. But our text says redeeming the time. Time is precious and especially in evil days. It's important that you and I redeem the time or it'll get wasted. Don't raise your hand, but how many know it's really easy to waste time? You raised your hand anyway. It's okay. I just don't like putting people on the spot, but I'm glad you put yourself on the spot. Verse 17, know the will of God. And then he says, don't be drunk with wine. By the way, do you remember on the day of Pentecost, our reading in the book of Acts, the people assumed those who had just been filled with the Spirit were drunk. It's a very common text when it comes, or uh, comparison. How many of you know, and I've said this over the years many times, Jesus and the disciples use all kinds of natural things to explain spiritual truths because spiritual truths are invisible. So here the Apostle Paul is saying, don't be drunk with wine. Be, he's really saying this, don't be intoxicated with alcohol. It just wears off anyway, but be drunk with the Spirit. Be intoxicated with the Spirit of God. Now here's the deal. Here's what we think. If I'm full of the Spirit, I'm going to be acting like an idiot. And that's not true, necessarily. <laughs> you be the judge. No, we can be intoxicated with the Spirit, and uh, nobody really knows it. Maybe those who know us really well. And here's the deal. People can be so accustomed to seeing you intoxicated with the Spirit that they don't know if and when you're sober. I guess she's always like that. He's always like that. And they don't know what the normal was before Jesus, so they just assume you've always been like that. 
But you haven't always been like that. Can I just testify to you? I knew me before I got saved, and I wasn't always like this. But I like being like this. I like being free. Testimony. As most of you know, Colleen and I have been married a little over two and a half years. We were courting in Florida in 2019. I came to visit. We took her grandkids and daughter mini-golfing. And we were, just have, we were just being ourselves and just having fun. And the oldest grandson, Eli, asked his mom, Are they drunk? <laughs> and her daughter, Angela, had the most perfect answer. No, that's just the way two people in love are. They're just uninhibited. And Eli had never seen that before, by the way. One of the privileges we get is to put on display a fun, healthy marriage. By the way, it helps to be drunk, intoxicated with the Spirit, full of the Spirit. We have an, agree we have an agreement among ourselves. I didn't plan going here, but the Holy Spirit does. We give each other space and time to go spend time with Jesus. We're a lot easier to get along with. I know she looks really, 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 really sweet. And she is, because she's been with Jesus. If she hasn't, or if I haven't, we both know it. I see a lot of nodding heads and shaking agreement. So to be continually filled with the Spirit. How, how do we do that and what does that look like? What does it mean to be continually filled with the Spirit? And we see one uh, way Paul says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, singing, making melody in your heart. Can I just say to you, it is really much easier to be intoxicated in the Spirit in your presence. Thank you for worshiping my Lord for me this morning. Sometimes we can feel, even worship teams, musicians and all that, we can feel, well, we, we, can, we can make what happen whatever we want with music. Yes, you can. It's scriptural. Remember when David played the harp and the prophets prophesied? Even the, the owly king Saul prophesied? The evil spirits stopped tormenting Saul when David played? Music is powerful. That's why I'm so thankful for our worship team. It makes it, they, they set an atmosphere to drink. 
That's just another analogy that is a natural thing we understand to define a supernatural, spiritual, invisible transaction. So we need to recognize the blessing of one another that the Apostle Paul mentions here. Singing songs to one another, psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, and making melody in your hearts. Do you know that's one way you keep yourself filled with the Spirit? Is just making melody in your heart, whether it comes out or not. It might come out in uh, another, in your prayer language. It may come out in a song. How many of you, and yeah, you can raise your hand. This doesn't put you on the spot. How many of you sometimes just wake up in the morning and there is a song on your mind or on your heart you cannot shake? Can I encourage you to go with it and sing it? You're filling, you're filling your tank. You're filling up. How many of you wake up in the morning and you've just got a Bible verse on your mind and you just can't shake it? Can I encourage you to go to look it up and make sure you're remembering the way it says it and to chew on it all day long and fill yourself up in the Holy Spirit? Build yourself up? The ability to do all that Renee's been preaching comes out of the ability to have the indwelling Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within us. And keeping the tank topped off. Why? Because we leak, or we should be. So what does it, first of all, so what does it look like? How do we stay filled with the Holy Spirit, and how, what will it look like when we do? I'm glad you ask. Turn with me to the Gospel of John. Chapter 7, Jesus speaking, Gospel of John, chapter 7, and verse 37. Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. He waits till the very last day, because on the very last day, the priests take water, and it's part of the ceremonial part of the Feast of Tabernacles, they take water and they pour out water on the altar. And it is a prophetic act that, they, that the nation, the people, will have the blessing of plenty of water all throughout the year uh, for rain upon the crops and all of that. That's what it prophetically... But he stands up at the, on that day... <laughs> Maybe while they were doing that, I don't know, doesn't matter to me. And he says with a loud voice, you ever been at a party and somebody just kind of takes over? It's kind of what I think he did. Verse 37, on the last day, the great day, that's why it's called the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. That means said really loud. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. How many of you know that Jesus has now been glorified? The Holy Spirit has been given. So Jesus is prophesying of a day that will come. It might as well be this day. We're talking about living after the resurrection. And John the writer says, Jesus was talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit that had not yet come because the resurrection had not yet come. If you have missed the news flash, the resurrection has come. And the Holy Spirit has been given. So what does it look like? How do we get filled? The first thing is we must be thirsty. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, excuse me, Mike. If anyone thirsts, there must be within you and I a thirst. And he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to the Holy Spirit. No. No. This is important. No. You come to Jesus. Very important. Sometimes we seek more of the Holy Spirit without going through the proper door of the risen Christ, Jesus. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. If you want more of the Holy Spirit or the Father, you come through the door of Jesus. I found it to be true in my life. If I, wanted, if I want to tap into the Father's love, I come to Jesus first and foremost. And he introduces me to the Father in a, all, in a whole new way. He is the door. Why? Because he's the only of the three. He's the only one that has ever tasted humanity. He knows what it's like to be a human. He understands me. He gets me. And I can to a degree get him because he's walked and talked the life that we're called to walk and talk. And so if anyone thirsts, let him come to me, Jesus speaking. And as the scripture has said, those who believe in me. Out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That's why I say we must leak. Everywhere we go, we should be leaking. That's why we stay full of the Spirit. So that there's a constant flow uh, into us and out of us. Now here's the deal. We tend to think that if the Holy Spirit is flowing out of us, it's got to be with power and signs and wonders and wow. Slow down. Slow down. Don't try to do the miraculous signs and wonders if you haven't conquered everyday normal life yet. 
If that indwelling presence of the power of the Holy Spirit isn't working in you to help you put off the old man and put on the new, work on that. If the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit hasn't empowered you to walk in unity with those around you, maybe work on that. He who is faithful and little will be given more. And sometimes we become so accustomed to, see, here's what I believe. Well, let me tell you something. I've got to check the time. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what I believe. I, I had a question going on in my mind, and I didn't ask the Lord. I, I was just pondering something that I've noticed. And one day I'm sitting, just quiet, and he speaks to me and answers the question that I actually didn't verbalize, but I had been processing it in my spirit and in my mind, and it was this. Why don't we see more demons manifest in our presence? Why don't we see more demons manifest in our services? And it was bothering me a little bit. And you know what he said to me? He answered the question without me actually asking it. I felt like he said this to me. When my people start manifesting, demons will start manifesting. When my people start manifesting the presence and the life of the Holy Spirit, demons will be stirred and they'll start manifesting. I believe this. So uh, here's my recommendation. I recommend you go about your day manifesting. We put a negative connotation on that. Oh, no, don't. Oh, no. S something manifests. God, I hope so. Why don't we manifest? We got, a, we got a spirit inside of us too. And don't tell me there aren't no demons in the room. I don't believe you. We've got an indwelling presence of the life of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And there ought to be gushing out of me a river of living water. There's a river of life flowing out through me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out through me. Spring up, oh well. Come on, sing it with me. Within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and overflow. Spring up, oh well, set others free. There's a river of life flowing out through me. That goes back a long way. But it's true. And here's what I believe. Had the privilege of preaching last Sunday at the church that meets at the YMCA. It's called the Y Church. Awesome, awesome group. 
They set up and take down every week. They've been doing it for 12 years, and they plan to do it forever because that's their church in the Y. But I got to preach on the, the, some of this in the Holy Spirit. They're going through a, a gifts of the Spirit. Here's what I believe. We should be manifesting. That river of life should manifest in two ways. It should manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it should manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit, both with a capital S. don't know if you've ever noticed that, but the gifts of the Spirit are capital S. The fruit of the Spirit aren't always listed that way, but they should be, or the, the uh, fruit of the Spirit is listed capital S. It's His fruit, not mine. But we should be able to manifest the love of God. We should, be able to, we should be able to manifest the love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All the attributes of the one that dwells within us is, is evident in the river that flows out of us. Now, if you're like me, sometimes that river isn't flowing so real. And something comes out that's not that. Guess what? It's time to go fill up. I've found that in those times, I'm running on empty or low. How do we fill up? Well, let me tell you, first of all, how I believe the second way it manifests. It manifests in the fruit of the Spirit, and it manifests with the gifts of the Spirit. Capital S, again. It's either through the fruit of the indwelling Spirit of God flowing out of me, or it's the gifts of the indwelling Spirit of God manifesting out through me. Either way, it's a river. Is it a river, or is it a trickle? I believe we go through times when it's a trickle. And she says, that's okay. <laughs> that's how we know, I believe, we are filled and remaining continuously being filled with the Spirit. We have the ability to put on display, to manifest the nature of Christ and the power of Christ, the life of Christ. I want to encourage you this morning that I believe you do this way more than you realize. And sometimes we get down on ourselves because here, here's, what I have, here's what I believe. I believe I should get a drink of water. That's what I believe. Thank you. I believe. What do I believe? I believe that we become so accustomed to manifesting the indwelling presence of him that sometimes we're doing it and we don't realize it. 
And we get down on ourselves because it's certainly, it must be harder than this. It must be more complicated than this. And we don't realize who we are. And we don't realize who we're carrying. And we do not realize the impact that we're having on people around us. Because we've become so accustomed. And because it comes by the grace of God. And because it is spirit, capital S instead of spirit, small s, we underestimate the impact we have had and do have. And I'll give you some examples. Peter said it this way. He said, be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. In this day, you and I as believers who have this indwelling presence of the Christ on the inside should be some of the most hopeful people. Not, not hopeful in this person or that person or this system or that system. No, hopeful in the kingdom of God and the king. And that should be what should be coming out of our mouth. That should be out of our innermost being. Some translations say out of the belly, doesn't matter. Out of our innermost being, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are we speaking? I believe there's times when you have been joyful and people wonder what you're on. What are you up to? What's going on? I believe there's been times when you walked in love and people are like, what? what's with you? Or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or patience or self-control. I believe there's times when we've manifested the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I know there's a, there isn't a person in this room that couldn't raise their hand and say, you know what, in, in such and such a situation, I blew it. Welcome to the club. Thank God for the forgiveness that's available because of the resurrection. <sighs> fill up. Not fill up. Fill up. <laughs> and go on with him I believe that in a room of people this size there are people in the room who have been sitting speaking to someone and all of a sudden the flow begins to start and you speak things and when it's all done you, it's like where did that come from the indwelling presence. That's just the river of living water. Do you realize that if you've ever had a thought that's smarter than you, it was God? <laughs> Do you realize that if you've ever said something that's wiser than you, that was just a word of wisdom, that was God? Don't diminish that. That's, the that's part of the river. We, 
we charismatics have a tendency to feel like unless there's thunder and lightning and blood and guts and all kinds of stuff going on, the spirit isn't moving. That's silly. You show me a man, you show me a woman who's walking in consistency, who's walking in victory, who's walking through hard times and yet keeping their eyes on Jesus. That is the spirit of God dwelling within them. We like to talk about raising the dead. But let's recognize that it's just important to be alive. You want to raise a dead person, be alive yourself. Have life in you. Have joy in you. I just feel like manifesting joy. I'm just going to manifest right here in front of God and you. And it's not my joy, it's his some of you are intercessors and you diminish the reality of, of how God leads you in prayer. There are people in this room who get emotional about things and, and it's like you get angry and there's a feistiness that rises up within you and, and you just pray it out but you wonder where it comes from. It comes from the Spirit of God that dwells in you and He's got something to say and He's got something for you to pray to call the thing to be not as though it were because it's going to be. Recognize that when that happens. Recognize when you all of a sudden get weepy and you don't even know why. It's because the Spirit of God is weeping through you. Recognize when there's just a tenacity that rises up within you and you care about something all of a sudden that you don't even care about. But you do because He does. And He dwells within you. And there's a river of life flowing out through you. It's real. And we must not diminish it. And the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall be endued with power from on high to be my witnesses. And I get to witness Him working in me. In my daily life. In my relationship with my wife. In my relationship with my kids. Grandkids. That's power. You and I should be purposing to be the best version of ourselves. Look at that happy kid. Why? Can I ask you a question? Why are you so happy? You're with him? Oh, that's sweet. I want to suggest to you, young man, that there's been something that's been flowing out of you that's impacting him. And don't diminish it. And it's not pizza. <laughs> He owns a pizza shop. That's why I said that for those watching online. No, we don't, rec we don't recognize how significant we are.
And sometimes, in our, and, and please hear my heart. I'm, I'm pressing into God for the more. I'm pressing into God for the power to see the dead raised, to see the, the sick healed. I'm pressing into God for that. But I understand that in the midst of it all, I need to, I need to allow that river that's living within me to flow in whatever way it will. Can I tell you a secret? As you know, we've been married two and a half years, and in 2019, I was courting her long distance. She was living in Florida. I've told her this. Do you know that that Holy Spirit that lives in me told me how to win her heart? I mean, he, told, he would lead me in what I should do, what I should say. The Lord wants to lead us in our conversations, in every aspect of our life. Whatever is going on in our life, the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide us. Let me give you another example, similar. Yesterday, I had the privilege of going to my granddaughter, uh, Juliette's, first ballet recital. And on the way of preparing to go there, the Holy Spirit told me to do something. It was, wait, Ken, you talk about getting something that's smarter than you. This, he said, stop and pick her up a rose. I, I wouldn't think of that on my own. I'm just telling you. When I walked in with it, she was off preparing, but her mom, Ashley, said, oh, I'm going to cry when you give it to her. I didn't think it was that big a deal. The Holy Spirit can make us way smarter than we actually are. He can make us way wiser than we actually are. He can make us way more tender and way more sensitive than we really are. He can help us finish on time. Please stand. Father, we thank you this morning for your word to us. We thank you for your affirmation of who you are in us and who we are as we allow you to flow out through us. We thank you, Father. We, we do ask you, I ask you, in the presence of my brothers and sisters, and trust I can ask on all of our behalf, make us more thirsty, Lord, for your spirit. Help us, teach us how to drink, how to just draw in. Teach us to drink in, out of your presence, out of your word, out of prayer, out of worship, out of nature, out of silence, and out of loud noise. Teach us, O oh God, to drink, that we might be a people who are continually being filled with the Spirit of God, so that a river of life can flow out of us, manifesting either in fruit or in gift, but it's all you.
And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.